The scripture today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time that the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, They were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for the people of God. Having lost his faith after a horrific car accident, claimed the life of his wife, an emotionally broken former Episcopal priest, retreats to a remote farm surrounded by corn to live with his two young children and younger brother. Six short months later, when mysterious crop circles began forming in the fields, a sinister undercurrent of dread starts to take over him and his family, as the same circles manifest all over the world. More and more, as these equally unexplained happenings occur, grief and denial mixed with paranoia, making a highly volatile combination. Is this an elaborate hoax, an ominous sign from above, or perhaps the end of the world? Do you remember this movie? Such is the IMDb plot summary for the 2002 movie Signs, the sci-fi horror film from M. Night Shyamalan, starring Mel Gibson as a widowed former reverend, Joaquin Phoenix as his younger brother, and then Rory Culkin and Abigail Breslin as his two young children. Though it's been a while since I've seen the movie, I like the movie, and I'm definitely not one who's normally into horror movies, though I would say this is more of a suspense than really a horror movie. The first time I saw the movie, though, or at least some of the movie, I definitely missed the point. The first time I saw it was back in Bible college, so many years ago. And when I was attending Bible college, it had some very strict rules including, if you can imagine this, no movies or TV of any kind in the dormitories. 
Now, for some reason, during school breaks, this, this rule was not enforced. So before class started for the semester, uh, we would inevitably find ourselves in somebody's room who had, you know, a, a, this was again back at the start when those DVD players first came into PCs and desktop PCs. So we'd gather around in somebody's room, somebody's a big hulking monitor, because again, think back, these are before flat screens, if you remember those days long ago, and we'd watch a movie. And if you're wondering, well, why didn't you just go to the theaters? Well, those were definitely forbidden, too. Again, pretty conservative Bible college back in the day. So I digress. I can't remember the time of the year it was, but I had just come back from a run, and I'd wandered into a room down the hall that was playing this movie, and it was this movie, Signs. And it was that pivotal scene, if you remember the movie, when the alien at the end of the movie picks up uh, what Mel Gibson's son in the movie, picks up the son who is just having an asthma attack, and he, he sprays the, the green junk, if you remember, from his wrist or whatever. So he sprays it into the boy's nostrils. And again, noteworthy, of course, is the son Morgan is having an asthma attack. An asthma attack is not able to breathe in this green junk. So, you know... Mel Gibson takes the boy outside, gives him the asthma medicine, and then, of course, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character swings away with the bat that's been in there. There's all the glasses of water that conveniently work out, and that's how the movie goes, right? Well, I'm sort of embarrassed to admit this, but this is what we pastors do. We tell our bad stories. Walking in on the movie, right in this pivotal scene, and seeing the alien spray this green junk into the boy's nostrils, I said out loud to my friends, is the alien trying to save the boy's life? As you can imagine, that was not what was happening. And if they'd had their own baseball bat right there, they probably would have swung away at me, smacked me in the head. I had completely missed the point. In my defense, again, I walked in right in the middle, so to speak, of this movie, not knowing what was happening, not knowing the plot line. And again, if you can gather as much, having been raised fairly conservative, very conservative, we didn't watch a lot of scary movies growing up, so this was not my genre, so to speak. Now, while seeing the entire plot, seeing the entire movie would have helped, it's not unusual for someone to watch an entire movie, TV show, or stage production and end up missing the point. Who among us hasn't watched an entire movie, perhaps after sitting down on the couch, you know, with the distractions, your phone, your kids, or whatever, you know, the, you, the movie ends, the lights come back up, and you wonder, what did I just see? What happened? You know, with all the busyness and distractions of life, I can imagine it's something that happens to us more than just watching a movie. In fact, having just made it through another holiday season, I wonder if many of us might be feeling the same way. After all the the parties, decorating, gifts, have you ever stopped around this time of year and just wondered, what just happened? What just happened? Instead of feeling festive, 
full of cheer, jolly. You feel or are feeling now exhausted, grumpy, antisocial. Maybe you're wondering, did I miss the point of the holidays? If you've ever felt that way, if you feel that way now, perhaps, you're not alone. Missing the point. It's a problem we find both inside and outside of the Bible story Don read this morning. Now, inside the story, King Herod, he's the king in Jerusalem, right? He hears this news told to him by the wise men about this this big birth of Jesus, foretold by the prophets. And he thinks the news is a threat. He wants to hold on to his power, his authority. He thinks, boy, this is a problem. I need to snuff out this percolating attempt to steal my power, perhaps. Outside of the story, as readers, we often obsess about ancillary parts of the story. The magi or the wise men, the gifts, the star. Like Herod, I think, we can too often miss the point. When Matthew included this in his story, in his gospel, this story about the Magi visiting Jesus, he wanted his readers to understand it was special. Now, Matthew makes a point, if you remember those quotations inside of the reading, he makes a point of tying the story back to an Old Testament prophet by, excuse me, an Old Testament prophet Isaiah, who had written of such a thing earlier. He describes, Matthew does, a wondrous star. He talks about the Magi coming from the, from the east, bringing gifts worthy of a king. But the point for the reader, I think at least, wasn't for us to obsess about these things. It's not that these things don't matter. The Magi, the gifts, the star, they do matter. I mean, it's often said that the Magi and the gifts that they bring are symbolic. Gold represents kingship. Frent- <coughs> excuse me, frankincense, his deity. <coughs> and myrrh symbolizes Jesus' coming death. But the gifts are not the main thing. Many have wondered about the Magi or the wise men or the kings, as we call them. Where do they come from? What's their backstory? What, what did they do after they left Bethlehem? But the Magi are not the main point. Many have inquired about the significance of the star. Was it some kind of shooting star or comet? Was it the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn like we saw a couple years ago? Was it something more supernatural? Regardless, the star is not the main thing. The star, the gifts, and the Magi are not the main thing. But they do point to the main thing, Jesus. One thing we can say for sure about the Magi is they got the main point. They didn't stop following the star. They didn't let King Herod derail them. They came and they worshipped. That's the point. Worshipping Jesus, following Jesus, that's the point of the story, I believe. This morning, wherever you find yourself, 
whether here sitting among us in church, watching online, or perhaps listening at a later time. Matthew's story, I believe, invites us, invites me, and invites you to recognize the wonder, the splendor, and the uniqueness of Jesus. And more to let go of everything else and be in worship and adulation of this newborn Jesus. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Jesus is all that matters. He is enough. He is the point of the story. You know, someone who has been in church nearly every Sunday for my entire life, every Sunday for nearly four decades. Growing up, it was Sunday night, Wednesday night, many other nights being a pastor. Someone who's been through four years of Bible college, four years of seminary, nearly 10 years of ordained ministry, someone who's been through deconstruction, reconstruction, wherever I find myself now. After all that, hearing the stories again and again and again, Jesus, the gospel, the good news of God made known in Jesus, still has a way of smacking me over the head when I least expect it in unexpected ways. Sort of, to me, it's sort of like a gemstone or precious metal that I hold in my hand and I marvel at its beauty. And just about the time that I think I've grown familiar with it, the light hits it in a different way or I move it so slightly in my hand and I see it at another angle and I am struck once again at its grandeur and its glory. That God, the creator of the universe, the source of all life and love, seeks to be in relationship with you and with me. And in Jesus coming to earth as a baby, the love of God was made manifest. So when I find myself discouraged, bogged down by church politics drama, discouraged by denominational infighting, defeated by leaders of questionable character, I know that I've missed it. I have missed the point. And in those moments, I'm just as clueless and misguided as I was when I walked in on the ending of that movie so many years ago. Because it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the point. Sharing his love, spreading his message, singing his praises. And I think the problem is when we miss that main point, we miss out on the main points of other things in our life as well. When we miss that main point, we miss, we miss the point holidays can often just be about gifts and glamour and glitz rather than about love and family and giving. When we miss the point family can be about influence or connections or prestige rather than love and acceptance and always always having a home. When we miss the point, church is about flying drummers and light shows and flashy events rather than being in community, worshiping God, growing in faith. In this new year, I encourage you to take stock of what matters, 
what's important. Don't miss that point. Don't miss it. Because if you do, you'll be like me many years ago, watching a movie and having no clue what's going on. You'll miss everything. Despite the peculiarity of the Magi, the grandeur of the gifts, the wonder of the star, Matthew wanted his readers to know, he wanted you and I to know, that Jesus was and is the main point. Please don't miss that this morning. In your faith, in your family, in your church, in your life, don't let distractions or busyness or even other good opportunities make you miss what matters. Know what really matters. Know what the main point is. And don't miss it. God, I pray that our hearts and minds would be attuned to you, that we would not miss what really matters. Jesus. Amen.